I think like we come to this online space and we just like get entitled mm -hmm. and we're like, oh, I should be making more. And it's like really slow your roll when we come to this online space. It's like, calm down, be happy with six figures, be happy with $150,000, be happy with $200,000 and don't get so focused on like what like 1% of the people are doing in the online space. Welcome to the Managing Mid Simple podcast. I'm Leah Garvin, your host and team operations consultant. Through this show and my signature ops playbook, I condense a decade of experience driving team operations in some of the most influential companies in tech to save you time, money, and stress. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner who realized that running a team isn't as easy as you thought it would be, or a new manager looking to learn the ropes, or are a seasoned manager ready to up their game. Everyone is welcome to hang out with Managing Made Simple. From conflicts to feedback to delegating and more, we leave no stone unturned when it comes to what makes us love managing, kind of hate it, and everything in between. Let's go. I can't even tell you how many times I've been talking with a business owner or manager and they've said, I wanna be a better manager, I just don't know the steps. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. And frankly, I've felt that way too, even when I had been managing people for a while because this stuff is hard and it changes all the time. So the last time someone asked me for the steps, I made a cheat sheet. Head to leahgarvin.com scorecard for 20 things you can do this month to be a better manager. This is literally your tell me what to do and I'll do it, steps to motivate your team and get better results. There's no time like the present. Grab the scorecard or write freaking now. LeahGarvin.com slash scorecard. Welcome back to the show. Today, I am so excited to have Jillian Murphy with me. Jillian brings over 22 years of business experience in sales and marketing and growing multiple businesses of her own. She has now made it her mission to help online business owners gain real results in sales and messaging. Jillian and I recently met because I heard her on the lead with the Enneagram podcast with the amazing Tracy O'Malley, who's also a guest on the show. And as a fellow Enneagram 3, I was instantly drawn to her approach for building businesses, building her brands, and coaching other people. And I will link to that episode in the show notes because it was an awesome one to check out. And I was just so excited to hear someone be able to talk about really how to really tailor your approach to what works best for you and how to also reach more folks doing that. So if you think about it, a lot of what we do in as managers and leaders is sales in some sense, right? From recruiting potential employees to work with us to getting buy-in around a vision to motivating our teams. And I was so excited to bring Jillian on the show to talk about how leaders can lean into some of these best practices from sales to be more effective and influential leaders. So welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. One, thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan of you. I'm such a fan of the show, such a fan of Tracy O'Malley. So I'm glad that we like connected through her. Obviously, like I'm obsessed with her and a mastermind with her fellow Enneagram three as well. So it's going to be such a great episode. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for letting me pour in to not only you, but also to your community today. Yes. Thank you. And I mean, I think I, I mentioned the 22 years in business and, and sales, but you know, you come from a long, long history in the corporate world as well. And, and now are, you know, a multi, you know, faceted entrepreneur. And so I love bringing folks in who have really, you know, straddled both of those worlds. So diving in, you know, leveraging some of that experience in the corporate world, turn entrepreneur who's built multiple thriving businesses. What are some of the leadership lessons from the corporate world that you've brought into entrepreneurship or into your coaching of, of entrepreneurs? Yeah. You know, I think it's really interesting. I get this question a lot. It's like, you know, well, you were in corporate for 22 years. So how does that really play over into the entrepreneurial yeah. world? And, you know, I really take all of the skill sets that I learned in corporate and brought them over to entrepreneurship. And one of the biggest ones is managing people yeah. and what that looks like, right? Because whether I was managing a sales team 
whether I was managing buyers, whether I was managing, you know, helping people in HR, it's really the same skill set as managing people, right? Managing clients, managing my teams here. So, you know, I think we're really in a business of people. So it's like, how do you treat people? What does that look like? What is your relationships with people? And the way that I worked in corporate is really the same way that I work here. It's like relationships first, humans and heartbeats first, right? It's like, The way that I worked in corporate is the same way that I work here. The same way that I treated my clients in corporate is the same way that I work here. And, you know, I think so often we take the humanness out of things Mm. and it's like you really have to put the human back in things. It's like I looked at people as humans in corporate and I look at people as humans here. And I think that's part of what made me successful in corporate. And I know that's what made me successful in the online space. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's what drew me so much to your work is really leaning into that authenticity, who you are, you know, not kind of showing up differently in one situation, but, but really being yourself. And I think, you know, it's, it's funny as I start talking to more and more small business owners and entrepreneurs about managing, a lot of them don't realize they're a manager. <laughs> like it's a term you, yeah. you use, you know, in, in corporate role, like you get it if you're a manager, but if you're a business owner and you have employees, you are a manager, you know, so yeah. you really want to own that identity and lean into that and then leverage those best practices. Yeah, I love that you said that too about like really leaning into your authenticity. So who you see online today is 100% even like who I was in the corporate sales space. Like, you know, I am a little messy in the online space. Like I always have a ball cap on. I always have a braid on, right? Like I wear muscle tanks where, yes, I didn't dress like that in corporate, but I had like even like my own style in corporate. Like I would wear a suit and I would wear Vans. I would wear a suit and I would wear Converse, right? Like I would always have my hair in a braid. Like I didn't try to be something else in corporate. I didn't try to like be something different. I didn't try to show up in meetings and be something different. And I think that's a huge part of like what made me successful even in corporate was I leaned into a hundred percent like what my strengths were, right? Like I would go in to a boardroom and like I wasn't afraid to drop an F-bomb. I wasn't afraid to be like who I absolutely was. And that was actually like my magnetism because people felt really comfortable around me, right? They were like, we can just like riff with her. We can talk with her. We can like be our human self. And that's the same way that I am like even in the online space. And it's interesting. I talk, I say this story like all the time. Like I get on Riverside to record podcasts or, you know, I go to speaking events and people are like, oh, like you have a hat on or like <laughs> we're going to record this on video. And it's like, yeah, because this is like 100 percent like who I am. And really, like when you show up as who you are, like that's really what draws people to you. Like don't try to be something else, whether it's corporate, real life, any of those things. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think right now when people are, there's so much uncertainty, there's change, there's all this kind of going on that when we look to our managers to be that authentic kind of stable sort of foundation. And so when we see them showing up differently in different situations, kind of radically differently, obviously there's some, yeah. you know, there's some flexing, but I think we, we start to lose trust and we don't really feel safe that we can show up in our authentic selves. So I think it's a yeah. really big builder for trust and, and psychological safety showing, you know, this is who I am and I'm not, you know, putting up all these walls depending on who I'm talking to. And I agree, like the leaders that have, have, felt resonated the most in all of my roles throughout the corporate world were really folks that they, you, you know, in the, in the one-on-one with you or in, you know, happy after work and in the meeting, you know, with the, with the important stakeholders, like it was all the same. You didn't see them yeah. put on this facade. And, no. Yeah. And, and it is, it's like, you know, I want my, I always wanted my employees to feel like safe with me, mm-hmm. that I was a safe place. It's like, you know, if I was getting in a car to do a ride along with a sales rep for eight hours. I didn't want them to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I didn't want them to be like, oh shit, my manager's in the car with me for a day. I gotta be all polished. It's like, yeah. no, I wanna be like 
I want to be your person. I want to be someone that we can share business, life, relationships, all of those things with. And through that, better relationships were built. Yeah. And I had crazy retention in the sales force. And I have crazy retention now in the entrepreneurial space. And it's because at the core, I'm building relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that is having to hire new employees, recruit, look for folks, train them up. That is so yeah. expensive, no matter so what expensive. sort of role you're in. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that work you do to build a relationship, this is also what gives folks resilience to all the change, to uncertainty, to kind of quote unquote, doing more with less. Like when you feel like you have that person that's bought into you yeah. and really understands the real you, that person also then, you know, they have their radar out for opportunities. You know that they yeah. know what your goals are and they're, you know, they're really making sure that you're on the way to meeting those. And yeah. I think we often, it can feel like, I think it's a tough time right now to make promises about certainty because we don't know if we're going to have to cut back or have layoffs or whatever, but we can always, you know, promise to invest in people while they're there. <laughs> you know, yeah. that we for sure can do and build yeah. a relationship and make sure they feel seen and supported and, and that their work's recognized that they can take with them, even if this job has, you know, a shelf life on it, but that yeah. they'll build up that strength and resilience for, for future mm-hmm. opportunities. Yeah. And and I love that you said that too, because, you know, I left my, you know, I lost my corporate job after 22 years and, you know, it was because it was the pandemic and it was because it was layoffs and it was cutbacks and they cut from the top down. Right. Like, you know how that is. Like when you have a high level job, like they cut from the top down, but like it had nothing to do with the relationships that I built. And even now I've been gone three years. I was literally just texting the former owner of my company on Sunday. Like I was literally out and I saw this t-shirt and it made me think of my former owner. And I literally like snapped a picture and sent it to him. And he was like, Oh my God, that's so funny. Right. Like, because the relationships were there yeah and it's like those relationships don't have to go away because they were vested in me as a human not just because I was like a number on a piece of paper and yeah did it sting when I got let go of course I mean I was there 22 years but at the end of the day like the relationships were still there because there was human connection at the forefront of it yeah I love that so you know we talked about relationship building we talked about authenticity what are some of the best practices around sales, like kind of the bread and butter of, of the work that you did that you teach clients that translate to kind of how they can build influence on their own teams? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things that I teach on sales, and this is probably going to sound like so simple, is like, are you bought in to what it is that you're selling? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. I mean, I was in food sales for 22 years. People always joke, like I literally sold meat for 22 <laughs> years. Like I was a food sales rep, but like, I had to be sold on what it is that I was selling, right? Yeah. If, if we had a promo on tenderloins, I couldn't be like, hey, do you want to buy tenderloins? Like, I had to be so freaking excited about tenderloins. Just like I got to be so excited now if I have a mastermind or a membership or a podcast, right? It's like, are you bought in to what yeah. it is that you're selling? Like, truly bought into it. Like, I know you, like, you're crazy excited about the work that you do. Like, yeah. you are passionate about it. Like, you're obsessed with it, right? So it's like, I know this sounds so simple, but like, really asking yourself, like, are you just going through the motions mm-hmm. or are you like genuinely so excited about the work that you do? Yeah. And if you're not, it's like, go back to the drawing board and be like, what made me excited when I started this company? Maybe you have to relight a fire under your ass. Maybe you have to go back and like figure out why you did it, but like making sure that you're really excited about it and that you're still hundred yeah. percent in alignment 
with it. I think that's like the biggest thing when it comes to sales. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm thinking about folks in, in corporate who have to communicate priorities and goals and what the sort of roadmap is. It's, it's the same thing. Like if you're oh, as a manager not bought in, you don't really understand how it fits with the bigger picture, no, no. one else is going to get it. And so it's your job no. to connect those dots, get the answers you need to be able to re-energize, like you said, around that purpose, around the why, even if it's a stretch, like maybe like that's a place that you do kind of do a little bit of a stretch for your team so that you can show yeah. that that's possible for them. But I mean, it's so important that, that people see that we're bought in because if yeah. they look at us and they can see, oh, my manager's really not sure about this plan or, mm -hmm. you know, my, the CEO is not really liking this client. What are the employees going to think? They're going to think, oh, this thing's off the rails. <laughs> it's going to be a mess. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can remember even like when I was still like in sales, right? Like I was a sales rep, I was bought into my sales plan. I was yeah. like, I freaking got this. I'm so excited about it. Like I'm ready to hit the road and yeah. go. And it's the same way that I am now when I sell stuff. It's like, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm ready to go. But if my manager or my VP of sales would have like sat me down and been like, Jill, this is your sales plan. And I was like, I'm not really bought into this. I don't really think I can do this. It would have yeah. felt like an uphill climb all year long. Yeah. You gotta be bought into the vision of what it is that you're doing because it's gonna get hard. You're gonna get told no. Yeah. You're gonna get doors slammed in your face. Clients are gonna leave, but if you're bought into the vision, you're gonna keep going. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned something there that's really important too is when our team members come to us, if they say, I'm not sure about this, I don't know if I can get there, I don't know about bandwidth or I need support, that's a great opportunity to have a two-way conversation about, okay, well, what do you need to be able to get there? Like, is there a skill gap? Is there a whatever metrics we have unrealistic? Is it that yeah. the timeline isn't long enough? And then to have that give and take, because if someone is coming forward showing uncertainty, there's probably a lot more uncertainty in their mind than they're even telling you. 100%. And, you know, that's the moment you really want to re-energize and re-engage that person. Yeah, because, you know, what the gap is, if you can fill that gap for them, they're going to be more confident in it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, if I have something right now in my business that I'm like, oh, I want to get to point B, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. I'm not going to be confident in how I'm going to get there. Yeah. So it's like, how can I fill the gap? How can I learn the skill set? And then once I'm more confident in it or have the right team around me, then I'm going to be able to get there. I'm going to be more confident about it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to sales and in the entrepreneurial space, where do people get the most stuck? I mean, I know where I get most stuck, but I'm curious what you I see you, on the whole. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think that it, I think people get stuck in the entrepreneurial space in a couple of things. I think one is they don't give things enough time to uh, like do it, right? Yeah. People come to me all the time and they're like, Jillian, I'm stuck in sales. And I'm like, okay, tell me about what you're selling. And they're like, well, I launched this thing one time and it didn't go. I'm like, okay, give <laughs> it like two years. And then like, let's go back yeah. to the drawing board and see like why it's not right. Like we're in this world of like instant gratification. We want to make a million dollars in seven minutes. Like I get it. Like we all want that, but like it doesn't happen that quick, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have to give things time. And I think so often in this space, like we think sales happen so quickly and yeah. sales is about relationships and relationships yeah. take time. The best relationships you have in your life, whether it's a partner, a spouse, a friend, whatever it is, like you probably have known those people for a good amount of time, right? It wasn't like someone that you just met at the gym today and you're like, hey, do you want to be besties? Like relationships take time and sales take time. So yeah. it's like you have to give your business time to grow, mm. right? So it's like I think that is one of the biggest things that people just like they don't give things enough time. 
to go. There's a girl right now in my elite level mastermind. I just interviewed her last week on the podcast and she just had a million dollar month. Okay. It was phenomenal, massive high fives to her. And I said to her, what got you to your million dollar month? And she said, what got me to my million dollar month is I have not changed one time in four years. The same thing that I've been selling to get me to my million dollar month is the same thing that I had a $1,200 launch with and four people bought. Then I relaunched it and I had like a $27,000 launch. Then I relaunched it and I had like a $32,000 launch. And she just kept the same program, the same name. You know, then she threw some ads at it and threw some other things, but like she just kept doing it versus over the next four years, putting out 8,700 different products and like never being to that goal. So it's like keeping true to like one or two things and keeping it in momentum, I think is the biggest thing that I think people don't do in the online space because they get bored. And and I think, you know, there's so many parallels to draw across how you can motivate performance Mm -hmm. on your team. I mean, I'm thinking about, I did a ton of coaching and, and mentoring around performance reviews in the corporate world. And a lot of feedback folks would get was, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Like you need to have sustained performance. And like you're saying, there is truth to that because if you've done something once, like, can you execute at that level again? You know, people need to see that track record. And so I think for, you know, managers listen to think about if your team members coming to you and saying, I did this one thing, I want to get promoted, or, you know, I did this, you know, it's to have the conversation about, you know, that this job is about doing that again and again, and here's how we'll support you and, and really painting clear success metrics, but also communicating that it's not all instant gratification. And I think, you know, a lot of folks, especially, you know, I think in, in the corporate world where there's like, like a lot of very set hierarchy and a lot of maybe levels and different things, people can get really, really fixated on promotions and titles. And I think especially, you know, the younger, younger generations think one, one win equals a promotion the next day. And, and it can be hard to have that conversation. And, but I think using the same framework, because you said as you know really talking about do the same thing over and over what does yeah. that runway look like what are the success metrics and setting the expectations up front that it's not an overnight you know like no. rocket ship to being vp at a company no. it just doesn't work that way it's, it's it's really not and you know i even have this conversation a lot with like my one-on-one clients like they come to me and they're like hey i'm a stay-at-home mom right now and i want to make six figures in the next six months it's like where could you go in corporate and be like hey it's my first day but in six months i want to make six figures like i would be like get out of my office like who do you think you are right like there's such this entitlement i think like in the online space and i also think that we just need to like slow our role in the online space i just talked about this yesterday on a podcast and i'll share it here too it's like i also think like in the online space we have such like a warped way of thinking when it comes to like money Mm -hmm. and like how much money people should be making and like it's like i really feel like the online space is like not real world it's like not the real world the way we think we should be making money and what we are like entitled to and all of these things. I was actually at my cardiologist last week and I was bored because I was waiting like 17 hours for him to come out. And I actually Googled like, what does a cardiologist make? And an average cardiologist makes $447,000 a year. And this cardiologist is about to do a procedure on my heart in the next couple of weeks. And I'm sitting there thinking like, I have made more than a cardiologist this year. And I'm like frustrated with myself. And I'm thinking to myself like, are you kidding me? Like I coach people on Zoom 
And this guy's about to like <laughs> operate on my heart and I'm like frustrated that I haven't made more money. And I think like we come to this online space and we just like get entitled mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, I should be making more. And it's like really slow your roll when we come to this online space. It's like, calm down, be happy with six figures, be happy with $150,000, be happy with $200,000 and don't get so focused on like what like 1% of the people are doing in the online space. Yeah. Such a good point. And I think, you yeah. know, folks listening that are thinking about doing a side hustle or you're in the corporate world and you want to move out into the entrepreneur space yeah. to, you know, we want to set really big, you know, big, bold goals. Yes. And chase after those and, and put that out there. Yeah. And there is a sense of like, well, if you need to replace your income, what is realistic in the yeah. first, yeah, like you say, three to six months yeah. or first year and, and I think what tools you're going to use to be able to set yourself up for that. And so, yeah. Folks that are, you know, don't have kids or have a second source of income or whatever, like they're, they're in a different boat and to not kind of get in this comparison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even say that a lot, like even to my clients, right? Like I'm an empty nester. My -hmm. daughter's moved away. Right. So the way that I operate and the way that I work is not the same to my client who has, you know, three littles under the age of five. Yeah. So I'm going to run and build a business so much differently than like someone who has a corporate job and is trying to build a side hustle or somebody that has humans they have to take care of, right? It's like, yeah. I can literally sit at my computer all day long. Yeah. Someone who has little kids or has a side or has a full-time job, they can't do that. Yeah. So you can't compare yourself to what other people are doing on the internet. Yeah, exactly. And so comparing that to, you know, if you're a manager and you're in that situation and your team members aren't, there's a managing of expectations there with the amount of work folks are going to put in with the, how invested they are. And I think Gary V talks about it a lot that yeah. like, you're the business owner and it's, it's your baby, your team members, they yeah. don't care as much as you. They and, don't care. And it doesn't mean they don't care at all, but it means they're never going to be invested in that same way. And no. so you can do a lot to build investment. Absolutely. We talked about dot connecting. We talked about, you know, really showing people how their work fits in the bigger picture, but it's never going to be the same as you. And so no. to, to not penalize people if they don't care as much as you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just had this recently happen even in my own team. It's like, you know, she was a stay at home mom. She's got three little kids. Like she doesn't have the same drive as me to build a business. And you can't take that away from somebody. There is a different space in their life. Right. Yeah. So it's like you have to support everybody where they're at in their journey and know that it's going to look different. Doesn't mean that she cared any less in her business. She's just in a different season of life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Mm -hmm. as, as we talked about the start of the conversation, by building a relationship with your team members, that's how you know, because we we can't make assumptions if someone doesn't have kids, they still might be a caretaker. They still, you know, they still have things in their life and sort of not make make assumptions and sort of put limits on people or assume more and then be disappointed. It's just got to get to know your people. Yeah. And I think, you know, even sharing this, I mean, I talk very openly about this on my podcast, like, you know, because I had a team member and I had the relationship, I was actually able to say like, hey, this is where I see you're at in your season of life. And I want to like save our relationship and I don't want to go sour. So this is probably like a great place for us to like part ways oh, yeah. because I want to like salvage. I don't want to like this relationship to sour because you're in a different season of life than I'm in right now. Yeah. And the relationship was so much more important to me than like the business. Yeah. So again, it's like really making sure that you're understanding people relationships, humans, and heartbeats first before the business will always come down, I think is so much more important. Absolutely. And I mean, if someone is really, if they're not in that place, you're going to start to, like you say, see performance start to dip. Mm -hmm. They're maybe quietly looking for another job or they're on their way out. And that starts to really chip away at, at, 
you know, everything. And so morale, think, yeah. yeah, there can be a lot of fear around having that hard conversation. Like, is this really a fit? Or as you said, you know, even maybe kind of driving that conversation, not as a question, but I'm not seeing this, like that can feel scary. But when yeah. you do that really on that foundation relationship, when you, when you have that open conversation, even saying, am I reading this the right way? You know, like having it really open-ended and somebody say, oh my God, no, like you can get feedback on that. You, like you say, that could be someone that comes back to work for you later. That could be someone yeah. that ends up being your biggest brand ambassador, your biggest advocate. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like she's my biggest fan because yeah. I solved I kept the relationship versus just always worried about business. Yeah, exactly. I'm all, you know, you mentioned being in touch with previous bosses. I'm in touch with a lot of previous managers, only exclusively the ones that supported it when I had 100%. a different goal, right? Because if they didn't, you realize, oh, this was always transactional and you kind of feel like an idiot, you know, like a yeah. fool that you thought it was something else. And yeah. I think our employees, there is a power differential. There is a hierarchy there that we have to remember that we have a, we made a different impact on them than, than, than we may realize or even mm -hmm. kind of count to not underestimate that. Yeah. And that, that's so true. I love that. And yeah. it says a lot, even about like your character, right? That you could part relationships and leave companies and you're still, you know, talking to those people and there's still relationships. And it says a lot about your character yeah. too. Yeah. Well, I'd love to dive into a couple strategies that you share with clients just to give people some stuff to kind of run away with, like, you know, either from some of the stuff you've shared recently on social or in your, in your wow. membership, you know, what are some of the highlights? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, depending on where you're at in your business, I think some of my favorite strategies really when it comes to building a business online, it's like really understanding like what is the vision and the mission of where it is that you're going, right? I think especially when it comes to the online space, it's like it's really easy to make a dollar, right? It's really easy to make $10,000. It's really easy to even to make $100,000, but it's like where do you really want to go? What is the vision and the mission of your business and your brand for longevity? How are you setting it up yeah. to, you know, continue to make money, right? It's like, what do you want to look like? Are you trying to build a family? Are you, you know, do you want it to be something that you can scale? Do you want to bring more people in? And then also too, it's like, what really lights you up, right? Do you yeah. love serving people? Do you love being on Zoom? Do people burn you out? Like, what really yeah. feels good to you and then building a business around that right so yeah. for a really good example i love one-on-one -on -one coaching a lot of people think i'm crazy but i'm always tapped out on one-on-one -on -one coaching and i'm usually on a wait list but that is something that lights me up like a firecracker mm. i love one-on-one -on -one coaching that's how i've built my business for a lot of people they're like no way i don't want to do one-on-one -on -one coaching i yeah. want to serve one to many so I think like when I sit down with people and I start talking to them about their business, it's like, what do you want your business to look like? Because every single business is going to look different, yeah. right? I've worked with over a thousand entrepreneurs and I've probably built a thousand different sales plans because everyone is going to look different based on, you know, your style, what you want to do, what you want your lifestyle to look like. So I think that is one of like the biggest strategies that you have to get out of the way right away. Otherwise, you're just going to be doing what you see everybody else on Instagram doing, right? Yeah. Like when I first started, I was like, oh, I think I want a membership. I think I want a mastermind. I think I want group coaching. And then I found myself not really lit up in the beginning yeah. because I love deep connection. 
I love connecting with people. And I was like running all these programs and I didn't have this like deep connection. And then I was like, but I really like getting on -on one-on-one calls with people. And I was like, oh, let's flip the switch then, right? So now the majority of my business is one-on-one coaching and I do have memberships and I do have group programs. I do have memberships, but that's not where like the bread and butter of my business is. So it's like, what really lights you up? And then build a business around that. Because then going back to point one that I talked about, that's what you'll be so excited to sell because that's what you love talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's how you motivate your team because of that. So it all works together. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, oh, looking and comparing and I should do this because that person is, or I saw this person, or like you said, you have an unrealistic or goal about money and revenue because what you're comparing yourself to. So then you have, you believe you have to make all this stuff to support that. And like you say, it's either it's unsustainable or it could lead you down a path of burnout. I think a lot of the entrepreneurs I work with that are managing teams and are feeling like, you know, I'm doing so much. I think one of the biggest challenges that I see with with folks with teams is they're still very much in the weeds. They're still making a lot of the decisions. They're still very, very much in the details, spending a lot of the money, the time they could be working with, you know, on really high impact tasks. They're actually doing very granular things. And yeah. a lot of that's because they think they have to do more and more and more and more based on what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And if you really trim that down to what you absolutely have to be doing, especially for that business owner, it's a very small subset of things that you have to be doing a small set of decisions and all the other time can be spent on, you know, high income earning activities, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's, you know, about the strategy growth, working with the high paying clients, whatever it is, but we can't get there until we've cleared away some of that noise. So it's really similar to what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think the other thing that you really said, and this is something that I've really had to work on this year is like, really putting on my blinders and being like, what do I want to focus on right now? Right. So like I'm in a very high level mastermind this year and it's very easy to be like, Oh, I want to do this or I want to do this. Right. Or it's very easy to get comparisonitis, right? Like, Oh, they're farther along than me. I'll tell you guys a very quick little story. I'm in a group text thread with like 37 other very high level entrepreneurs. I'm the baby in the group, right? And yesterday I did my very first webinar and I was so excited. I was in this group chat and I was like, you guys, I did my first webinar. I had 37 people show up and I was so excited. Three messages under that, somebody was like, hey guys, we just crushed our webinar. We had a thousand seven people on. And I was like, (laughs) okay. I was really excited about my 30 some people yeah. and this person just had like over a thousand people yeah. on and it's very easy to be like, woe is me. Yeah. But what I have learned is like being in those rooms shows you what is possible. Yeah. Right. So what I remind myself is like, she was there a year ago. Mm-hmm. She was there two years ago. And now I'm going to borrow that belief that like next year, I'm going to have a thousand people on my webinar. Yes. So this has been one of the biggest strategies that I've learned is like being around people that are ahead of me. And instead of comparing myself and getting triggered, I actually get like activated AF. And yes. I'm like, okay, how can I lean in? How can I learn? So instead of me yesterday being like, woe is me, I'm triggered, I'm annoyed, I want to like unfollow her. <laughs> what I literally did was like, hey, insert name, tell me how you got a thousand people on your webinar. Because I just did my first one today and you are literally gold. So yes. now I lean in to the people that are ahead of me 
instead of leaning out and feeling worse about myself. That's one of the biggest things that I've learned this year. Oh my God, I love that. And that is like the perfect, perfect place to start to wrap up because I mean, what better thing? Like the more that we use that, like you say, as a beacon, as a goal, as a light, now you have someone that you can reproduce those things instead of trying 100%. to, you know, getting stuck and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, before we wrap, I love, you know, share how folks can get in touch with you, some of the programs that you offer so yeah. that, yeah. Absolutely. So I always say, follow me on Instagram, come over say hello. It's the Jillian Murphy. I also have a podcast. It's uh, the sales and social podcast. We're about to hit episode 100. Yay. So please come over and binge the podcast. It's a, it's a great episode, super short episodes. And then there's lots of ways to work with me because I truly believe in sales. It should be like a store. So there's lots of different ways to work with me. Come over and we could definitely find a way or something that feels good for you. I love one-on-one -on -one coaching. I also have a membership where you can come and just binge a ton of content. I also have a couple different masterminds, but again, it's all about what feels good for you. And I'd love just to get to know you, get inside of your world. And then lastly, if you are a corporation and you're looking for a speaker to come in and talk on sales, messaging, marketing, or branding, that is also my jam. And I love to come in and speak on corporate events. Love that. Well, I will include all that in the show notes. And I do get cleaned up. I do get cleaned up for <laughs> corporate events. I don't wear a hat and a braid. I am going to wear my vans, but I promise I'll get cleaned up for that. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, anything you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap? That was it. Just thank you so much for okay. having me. It was great to get to know you and pour into your community. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That's all I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Managing Made Simple podcast, where my goal is to demystify the job of people management so that together we can make the workplace somewhere everyone can thrive. I always love to hear from you. So please reach out at leahgarvin.com or message me on LinkedIn. See you next time.